0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Contractor Radio. I am your host, the Contractor Coach, Jim Johnson, also the head coach at Contractor Coach Pro, where we help contractors lead their businesses better so they can scale them and hopefully achieve that personal and financial freedom they were looking for whenever they started their business. If that sounds like something that you want to do, just hop on over to our website at ContractorCoachPro.com, click on the assessment button. You'll do an assessment of your full entire business And from that assessment, we'll have some information on you so we don't have to ask you a bunch of questions. We can actually do a coaching call with you, not a sales pitch, but a real coaching call. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And the worst thing that could happen is you get some good advice for the next two or three steps. Maybe the best thing that could happen is you decide we're a good fit for coaching and we would love to work with you. Either way, we want to serve you well because that's what we do here in the home service contracting industry. And serving you well, we're going to talk today with a guy that's been doing it for quite a long time. He's a really good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. He's actually been an MC and he's announced me at shows before. Once I heard his excitement and his voice, I was like, dude, you got to introduce me for this thing I'm going to speak at. And he's gotten to do some of that kind of work. It's been kind of cool to watch over the years as he's grown. And, And I'm excited to talk to him because the service that he works for, I actually used this year. Uh, I intentionally had Allstate as my insurance company, knowing that at some point I was going to have a hailstorm and that I would have to win. And I wanted to walk that path of what a homeowner would have to walk. And uh, the service that he works for, uh, Trace, helped me navigate that. And we'll tell that story at the end. So hang out for the entire show. But without further ado, I want to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Matthew Grassmeyer, Grassmeyer, good to see you, brother.
1: Oh, you're too kind, too kind. <laughs> good to be Wait, here, man. Thanks well, you've for been having
0: around me. for a little while now in this industry. Like you've got a reputation, and that's a good one, um, as far <laughs> as I know, throughout the industry. So it's well, always good to be on the show.
1: Yeah, I, man, it's always great talking to you, um, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been around a while. I've been been in the industry since 2016. So you know, right at eight years. So yeah, it's it's been a minute. We're we're approaching a decade pretty quickly be here before
0: I know it. Funny thing is, you're one of the few people I've brought back a second time. Uh, Those of you, if you like today's show, you go, hey, that Matt dude's pretty cool. um, You might go check out his previous um, episode with us called Power of Moments. Uh, We did quite a while ago uh, because of a book that he referred to me that I thought was really valuable. Actually, he's helped me quite a bit. And Matt's just that kind of guy. He tends to be super helpful uh, to whoever he runs across, but uh, contractors in particular. So give us kind of the rundown, Matt. Like you've been at Helltrace since 2016. What does that look like over the years? Now it's eight years later, nine years later.
1: Man, Man it's, it's 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 been a journey. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, in 2016, I started as, I'll, I'll put quotes around this, director of operations because I think I was the sixth employee here and we're just a small family-run business, you know. Derek and Leah, you know, kind of started this thing, and they were, you know, they did their thing for a while, and then hired some meteorologists. And I don't know that we needed a director of operations at the time, <laughs> so that's why I put quotes on it. Um, so I came in and just did whatever I needed to do. But you know, through that, I learned a ton, and you know, helped helped Trace grow from a six-employee, four hundred fifty thousand dollars company to you know a four and a half, almost five million dollars company over six and a half, almost seven years um, you know, 30, 30 plus employees and, um, just have had such a great opportunity to, to meet people in the industry like you, um, you know, Nathan, you know, with, with your team as well, uh, Tommy, um, like and I don't know, just because I'm so energetic and I put myself out there, I have had the opportunity to, you know, be an MC of of a few shows and be the MC of our own traveling show a few years ago. And, you know, I, I guess operations has been my wheelhouse for the last Seven years, or for the first seven years of my experience here. But now, uh, in the last year, I've moved into a new role, uh, which is outside sales, and so I am heading up the outside sales department here at Hale Trace and all that comes with that. So, that's kind of the, the thirty thousand foot view, I guess. The short, the short of it is, I was operations, and that's kind of my my gifting. And then I, now I've moved into. Outside sales, it's a little little bit outside of my comfort zone, but <laughs> I was going to say
0: operations guy moving into sales. Wow, what in the world has happened
1: in, in this world? You know, this is this is kind of this is how I look at it. Like my my role in operations was to help as many people as I could, and sales is no different. I'm just I'm just helping people. Um, sometimes that means you know getting them on a hail trace subscription. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but at the end of the day, like if I'm helping people and I'm helping as many people as possible, and that's the frame of mind that I'm in, I'm going to be successful. Hailtrace is going to be successful. And worst case scenario, I make a new friend and I you know make a connection with somebody who might need something from me or I might you know reach out to you later for something. Like we, we may cross paths again. Either way, I'm, I'm making friends and I'm helping as many people as I can. So well it's
0: funny, all these years I never really asked your title. I just knew you were always like one of the key players over at um Helltrace. And I always assumed that you were kind of in the sales department because you, you know, we meet at events, we hang out at events. Yeah, and you were always at the booth, you were always talking to people. Um, you were always talking to them about how Helltrace works and and how it can be helpful to them. We just automatically assume, like, hey, this dude's in sales. Um, now I understand sure. that you were handling a lot of the operation and, and that's happens in a young company where we kind of jack of all trades right, and yeah. we oh, sure, kind of sure. get moved into what fits our talents and skill set. And for all these years, I kind of thought your talent was sales. You never had a problem talking with people. You're a hungry guy. You're helpful. You're empathetic. Like you're all those things that we're we're looking for in salespeople. And so how has the transition been for you?
1: Uh, I mean, I think at, at first it was is it was a little rough because it's you know it's it's a lot different. There's a lot more pressure, you know, because sales. It's like, at outside sales specifically, like if I don't hunt, I don't eat. So you know, with uh, I think everybody that's at a oh, let me let me back up. Everybody that works for a company is in a sense a salesperson for that company. You are you are part of sales in some way. Whether that's hey, who do you work for? That's a sales opportunity. I work for a company that does this. Like you're in sales, uh, but as far as directly impacting the bottom line. You know, in my first seven years here, I wasn't i my work wasn't directly contributing to sales and and like revenue that's coming into the company. And obviously, like I am contributing to the bottom line processes, culture, all that stuff is is part of it. But then you move over to sales and it's like, if i don't if i don't get on the phone i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make any money <laughs> so i gotta figure this thing out uh but it's been it's been a lot of fun and you know just like my you know my first seven years here at Hilltrace, there's a lot of things that we didn't know and there's a lot of things that I had to figure out so I've always been pretty good at okay I mean I got Google um so let's figure this thing out let's let's you know let's use the resources um at my disposal let's 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 go um if I gotta if I gotta call a thousand people a day great. Let's make that happen. Um, I don't, um, (laughs) most, most salespeople will find like, yes, you do need to call. And yes, there is a, there is a volume aspect to it, but the quality of the call and the touch points, um, is to me, at least what I found is way more important than the number, uh, because I go into every interaction thinking there's, there's really two ways this could go and I'm okay with it. Well, I guess three ways this could go. You're, we're going to be a good fit for you or we're not going to be a good fit for you. If the answer is yes, great. Let's get you set up. If the answer is no, cool, that's fine. The other outcome would be, do you know anybody else that this could be a good fit for? So if that's, if that's how I go into it, my feelings aren't going to get hurt. Cause if, if you've got thin skin as a sales guy, you're not going to last very long because you get told no a lot. And yeah. when I, when I, when I started introducing, Hey, you know, if I'm on the phone with you, Hey Jim, my name's Matt. I'm with a company called hail trace. And we start talking, you know, I would love to understand you more as a company because we're not a good fit for everybody. And if we're not a good fit for you, just tell me, that's okay. No, no hurt feelings here. We just move our separate ways. Love to help you any way I can. If that's getting you on Hilltrace, great. If that's pointing you in another direction, great. And that just kind of sets the tone. It's like, okay, I've got an out and I'm not, I'm not going, I'm so desperate for the sale. I've got to make the sale and I'm going to tell you anything to get you on a Hill trace plan.
0: Yeah. That's, that's always the worry with sales guys, right? Like, This has been my world for, let's see, I got started in sales truly when I was about 18. Um, Before that I was selling, but I I was an entrepreneur. I had my own landscaping business and so I had to sell, but I didn't really understand the the skill part of it. It was just relationship sales would be the best way and pretty easy because I'm a kid trying to make my way and most people were pretty cool with that. But as you as you get older and you learn more skills and all that other good stuff, you're right. You got to kind of have thick skin a little bit. Um, people are going to tell you no. The real job is to have as few people tell you no as possible that are the right fit for you. And I think that's the important sure. part. You You really nailed something on the head there that when it comes to sales, if you're not a fit for them and you do sell them something... All you do is do them a disservice, yourself a disservice, and they're not going to be a customer for very long. And they might end up with a bad taste in their mouth, a bad review, and all the other good stuff. And I liked how you started off with questions, like asking people what it was that they were needing in their business and trying to solve problems. And I kind of allude to that being a solution-selling methodology instead of the kind of the old-school hard-sales methodology Yeah, where we build long-lasting oh, relationships.
1: Sure. I learned a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but a few years ago. This is a very helpful piece of information. Leaders are determined by the information that they receive rather than the information that they uh, disseminate or give other people. So if I know about you, I can sometimes make the call, hey man, I don't know if we're a good fit for you. I don't think we are because it doesn't sound like you actually need us. And man, sometimes people, they'll they'll go, wait, No, I don't think that's true. I actually do need your, (laughs) not that it's a mind game, but like, sometimes they're like, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, what do you mean? I'm not a good fit for you. I am a good fit for you. I should have no trace. But if that's my mindset and if that's a salesperson's mindset, like you're going to be way more successful and you're, you're not going to be, you're not going to put yourself in a position where like a used car salesman is, is, is one that you, everybody, everybody thinks about, like, think about, you know, a used car salesman, how, you know, everybody's got that image in their head of like, this guy's going to try to twist your arm. He's going to, He's gonna be hounding you. Get you know. Get do this. Buy this. And nobody wants to be viewed that way. So I just view myself as a helper that just happens to have a transaction on the end of some of my conversations. So,
0: well, this is a whole new approach by Hale Trace too. Like for years, it's been organic, organic marketing. uh, Your hail forecast and and all those things. Just the awareness of our small community of who you are. A lot of inbound leads, I would imagine, over that time and and the inside sales guys being able to, you know, follow that process. But you've identified, uh, probably from leadership and your own input, that uh, in order for us to scale even further and to grow as a business we need to probably do some of this outbound sales because funny thing is, even in our marketing and all that stuff, just a small percentage of the people that are really likely candidates for what it is that we offer, hear about us, see us, um, are engaged on social media. They might be really busy and doing what they were doing, whatever. They don't go to events. They they just haven't been exposed to you yet. And if we don't reach out and do that with them, they're never going to know about us. So what was some of the decision-making that went into Like this is a new thing for Helltrace, right? Outbound uh, marketing?
1: It is is very new. We've never done anything like this because like what you said, organically, we've been able to uh, produce a lot of incoming leads and with a small, you know, workforce, you know, we had one, maybe two sales guys for a lot of years and the organic leads that we were able to bring in that you know, they don't really have time to do anything else. You know, there were some conversations during the fall. Hey, you probably a little bit more time. But even then, like, as we got better at, you know, our organic reach, even the fall, there's a, you know, a good stream of leads coming in towards like, okay, I can't spend, you know, three, four hours doing outbound stuff because I've got so many leads and follow-ups I got to do because I'm making sales that way. Um, So again, forecast, all those events, like people want to know, you know, what we think, where the hail is. Um, And we've gained a really good organic social media following. So, I mean, anytime, every, every day, we probably get a few leads from our forecast, you know, go live at noon, central standard time every day, probably some, some leads that come in, especially March, April, May, June, we're getting some leads every day from that, from that uh, forecast uh, that we do every, every day. Um,
0: Which if you do nothing else on an outbound sales call leading them to the, Hey, we might not be a good fit right now, but. Here's a link to our forecast. Here's a link to our social media. Like, this is something you should probably follow. It might add to your business.
1: Exactly. Um, No, that, and that's a really good point. And again, that all goes back to how you frame what you're trying to do. Are are you trying to help somebody or are you trying to sell somebody? Um, And again, I, I, my, I mean, it was like a, it was like a switch flipped. As soon as I was like, you know what, I'm just, I'm looking at this as helping as many people as I can, then it like, it changed everything. Um, But within our, leadership, um, uh, members, uh, last year, June ish, July ish, we started to have some vision meetings about what does the next five, 10 years look like for hail Where do we want to be? Some of the numbers that we were, you know, aspiring to some of the goals that we had, just, they weren't going to add up if we didn't add, you know, there's, you know, new products, um, there's expand your market share. Um, there's, lots of streams to bring in revenue, but it always came back to if we don't go scale our market share and bring new people in um, outside of the organic stuff that we're doing, we're not going to hit those numbers. And so through some conversations, myself and Derek, just going through this process like, okay, what is this going to look like? How are we going to make this happen? Kind of just came down to, okay, well, Somebody's going to come in. Somebody's going to come in and learn this position. Somebody's going to learn hail trace. Somebody's going to learn a lot of the, you know, how to talk to people. Uh, I said, let's just go. Like, let, let's go. And so, I'll, I'll do it. And so, end of 2022, uh, I, I officially stepped into this role. Kind of beginning of 2023, about that time, I stepped into this new role and said, okay, let's let's see what happens. Let's see if we can go hunt some some uh, accounts and and some some clients that have never heard of us instead of just having everything come in. So let's we, scale
0: this. This is, this is interesting to me. This is like super like, cause our assumption is everybody knows Helltrace, right? Um, what's the experience sure. actually like, like as you started to reach out and started to like, you know, I'm sure you have a big, huge list of people that you've already oh, yeah. interacted with somehow or another. And then you're sure. going, okay, who else exists out there? what'd you do to find them number one and then what's the interaction been like uh, back and forth? Have they been receptive? Have there been, you know, a lot of ha- putting the brakes down on you? What's it been like?
1: Good question. Uh, there's a lot of layers to that. Um, I think first and foremost, like knowing who you want to target. Cause like, there's, I mean, there's so there's thousands of roofing companies in the United States. And so if I were to just, Throw a dart at a list of roofing companies. I could call one. Well, you know what I don't want? I don't want to call a roofing company in Alaska because they don't need my service. So <laughs> we can eliminate you know the almost the entire West coast, so we're, you're losing Alaska, Hawaii. Um, um, let me back up. I understand that geographically Alaska and Hawaii aren't technically the west coast of, of the <laughs> United States of America before the geography geeks try to come at me. Uh, but you, you lose Alaska, Hawaii, uh, Oregon, Washington, and California. there's just not a ton of hail. In those states and then you kind of come in you got you got nevada you got utah arizona more wind um over there but then you got idaho montana so you, geographically you can kind of fix okay what are the areas obviously texas oklahoma and, and colorado those are like the three main states for us right mm-hmm. and what i found because it's interesting you go okay Well, probably everybody in dallas has heard of us man not even close we like i would say I would say less than 20% of Dallas roofing companies like know who we are. Now, obviously that is a guess, but like there's so many roofing companies in Dallas who have no idea who we are. And that's, that's been very interesting. It's very eye opening to see yeah,
0: opening and opportunity creating. It seems like to me
1: a lot, a, a lot of opportunity. So the first thing that I did was come up with an ideal client profile. Like who are the people that we want to, that will use hail trace that we can, you know, sell our product to, or that would be a good fit for our product. And that kind of came in and I kind of, I guess just put that together and, you know, did a lot of filters and found, you know, found a list of people who, you know, are out there. And then you got to filter them against our system and see have these, do these people, are they already customers? Once you do that, man, you start, you start calling people and and to your question about what's the response, probably a mixed bag. Like there are some people that. What's interesting? There are some people that have heard of us, but they've just never thought or thought to reach out or thought they needed to reach out. And so there are some conversations where it's like, "Hey, have you ever heard of Hail Trace?" You know, I typically will ask that in, in some form or fashion the conversation. And some people, yeah, you know, we have. We've just never needed Hail Trace. You know, the the guy who is just, you know, he the guy who lives in Austin. Who gets a yeah, what, star makes, on,
0: it, what makes you say that is my next question.
1: <laughs> well, so, so if in the context, if I if I live in Austin and a five star event happens on September 24th, and the entire town of Austin, Georgetown, just gets pummeled with four and a half inch hail, do I really need a hail map to to let me know? Where all the
0: hail? Let's take a step back for just a second, because we're assuming right now that all of our listeners know what hail trace is, and we got a wide variety of listeners. So, just real quick, what hail trace is and does, and why this is so valuable and important.
1: So hail. So I. This is not an official uh, statement, but I'll, I'll tell you what what I view hail trace as is a sales efficiency tool that specializes in forensic weather. And we help people leverage data. And uh, to me, there's three types of, of data that you can leverage with HailTrace. There's the weather data, and then there's your data, and then there's the prospective data. So the weather data, obviously, you want to know when a storm has happened in an area. You want reports for that. Like We can help you find where areas have been impacted by severe weather, whether it's hail, wind, tornado, or hurricane. Um, so we can help you on the weather data side, and then we can help you leverage your data. So, you could literally give us a list of 100 people, 100 contacts that you have. And that, you know that's past customers or just anybody you have a relationship with. Anytime they're impacted by a storm, we're going to automatically send you an email with a list of all of those people that are hit by hail or wind. So, if I got 100 people, 50 of them get popped by two inch hail, I'm going to get a list of all 50 of those people. So, there's no guesswork. I don't have to, I don't know which one of my clients have been impacted by this storm last night. I automatically know. Um, and then the third piece is the prospective data. You can get um, address specific contact data, name, address, phone. How long have they lived there? Are they the actual homeowner? You can get some really good information like that to help you understand one, the demographic and two, like some of the marketing tool, uh, our marketing strategies out there to um, so try to put yourself in front of those people.
0: I, I have a question. How deep does the demographic data go? Does it, does it have like home value, income, that kind of stuff? Um, does there, it have, there like, is a
1: lot of that layer to it. Yeah. Okay. There is. So you're going to, you're going to get things like. Size obviously of home. the contact. <laughs> so, uh, well, it'll, in some cases it'll give you, um, oh no, square, square footage will happen on like commercial. We have commercial data too. So like you could get square footage of a building on like the commercial data, but like residential data, it's going to have just your basic name, address, phone, email. It will have home value and it will have, um, it'll have like a median income for that, like zip code. Right. Um, And then it'll have, are they the, the home, are they the confirmed homeowner? Mm. Um, And then it'll have like, sometimes it'll have like auto information, (laughs) like what kind of cars do they have or what kind of cars are associated (laughs) with with
0: just in case you got to do some hail dent repair, right?
1: Well, you know, a lot of, we do sell to PDR companies, which is a small, small percentage of our, our customers, but yeah, they do like that information. Like what kind of cars do they have? If it's a 2003 Toyota Corolla, uh, probably not going to try to yeah. repair the discs. <laughs> that
0: would be important. So yeah. that, that's, that's really cool. The, the thing I find most important out of all that was the customers I already had. Like I'm, I'm going to upload everybody I've ever done. And as they, for whatever period my workmanship warranty is. So I've got this workmanship warranty that's five years, maybe 10 years, whoever it may okay. be. I'm going to keep right. that updated once a year. Go, hey, this is what my number is, because I would look at this. Would be my approach is you send me the data, right? Like, hey, these homeowners, and I'm going to assume it's like uh, probably an email list and maybe a CSV file or something like that. It's an email
1: with a CSV file.
0: See, I'm going to pump that right into my automated marketing system, and I'm going to yep. notify every homeowner that we have to set up an appointment, not that we need to or would like to or would right. want to, but we have to set up an appointment to verify their warranty, like to come out and go, did it survive or not? Because right. if it went beyond our warranty, we need to do something about that, obviously. And I would have, you know, hopefully thousands, knowing me, with the size of the company I would have, um, we would have a lot of leads right away, just immediately. Yeah. That one's powerful. Well, it's,
1: it- Exactly, I think that's probably one of the most powerful tools we do have, and I think about it, it just in terms of information that you can track on on customers or or just connections or people that you relationships. Because like, if I just put in customers that I did last year, like okay, and I did a hundred roofs last year, and I start with a hundred, there's a pretty good chance that even if they get impacted by a good storm, probably not going to need to do anything with their roof, right? But right. In the course of my, you know, talking to people, if I get up on a roof and the roof is fine, like nothing needs to happen. Great. One, tell the customer that. Two, put them into hail Trace because once they're in there, I'm going to notify you. But the key is putting the information in there that is valuable to you. So if one piece of information is the weather data, another piece of information is when was the roof first installed? If I know that, I know the weather date. That's really good. Then the third, if I know the roof type, if I know this is a three-tab shingle that's ten years old that just got hit by four-inch hail, it's, I, I'm it's probably gonna done. hey, <laughs> let's go. Let's like I, I, whoever is first to that person is probably getting that job. And so if I'm not marketing my customers, somebody else is. So I might as well be proactive in that and say, here's my list. Like you were saying, put it into the automated marketing. Hey, when when's good for us to come out? We're coming out to your neighborhood tomorrow and Wednesday. Which would you prefer?
0: Yeah, I I see a lot of the argument of the, the contractor themselves. Like, dude, there was a hailstorm. I know where to go. There's you know, hail. I don't need hail trace to tell me that. But what you really do need is for hail trace to tell you exactly where to go. The homes that you've already worked on, the homes you've already had interactions with, those are your best. And then the third one is where's the ideal place to go? Yeah, I know hail was all over the place, but where's the best place to go? Because like you said, speed to lead wins and speed to the, to the right lead leads to success. Like this idea that, Hey, yeah, there's a hailstorm and I'm just going to go run around like a chicken with my head cut off versus being very strategic about it. I think that's what pays for hail trace just in itself right there. I could pay for hail trace in a day for my whole year just by having the right strategy to going after the right places at the right time. Do you guys see and that a lot with your customers? People
1: do. Oh yeah. Uh, oftentimes people do. I actually, I'll, I'll tell a story about a customer in Edmond uh, through a 10 year career. He's never had us, never thought he needed us. Uh, he's got 10 years of experience. If you guys have worked for him, Uh over, throughout ten years and the other few guys that worked for him, they had about thirty five hundred contacts that they either done a roof job or done general contract work for, or just had done an inspection for. Storm came through April of last year. Uh, we we pro or we retroactively ran ran a, a we ran his list through our system and found uh, twenty or was well, sixteen hundred um, contacts that were impacted by that hailstorm and. We just did a little math equation with him. What's this worth to you? His average profit margin for each roof was about $5,000 per roof, right? So if you take that times 1600, you've got an $8 million opportunity right in front of you just with the people that you know. And I think it's important for for roofing contractors to do this type of thing like what is how does the math actually work out? Yeah, what's No, he's not. But he was like, man, I'm going to be working these contacts for the next year and a half, because these are people that we have good relationships with. As long as I'm reaching out to them pretty quickly and not, you know, not just sitting on it for a year, we're probably going to get a large percentage of these people just because we know exactly who is impacted. And to your point earlier, like, sure. Do do I need to be, do I need to sit in Austin and have a four inch hailstorm come through my town to know where hail hit? No, I could walk outside and I could see a roof across the street from me, probably with some skylights out. But am I, am I really going to manually look for every single client that I've ever had and see if they were hit by this hailstorm? No, it's, it, it would you're not going to have time to do that. So we've taken a guesswork out and said, here you go. You got a hundred contacts in, in Austin, all hundred of them were hit by hail. Here you go, go talk to them. Yeah, so, speed to
0: lead, man. That is uh, absolute importance huge. whenever it comes to storm work and, and really any other kind of work. Like the second somebody contacts you or has a reason for you to contact them, if you do it immediately, it's top of mind. It's just that important. And it stops oh, them from sure. actually sure. like looking for anybody else. Like I can imagine hailstorm hits, The guys that did my roof call me within 15 minutes and say, Hey, we need to come out and look at your roof. I'm not calling anybody. I'm just going to hang out until they come look at my roof. I got my guys. Um, The other thing that I really like about, and we coach this a lot in our sales process is whenever, whenever we're out canvassing and doing some of the cold stuff, whether it's a, a straight up cold door knock, or it's a neighbor of somebody that I'm working with, I can actually like, pull up their house inside of the hailstorm and say, this is your house right there. And this is the hail map. So you have had something happen. You need to get an inspection. We're inspecting every house in this neighborhood. Uh, when would you like me to do yours now? Or would you prefer for me to come back tomorrow? And and it's so powerful to have just that little piece. Even if it closes 10% more sales, it more than pays for what I'm paying for hail trace. Do you have guys that yeah. use it like
1: that? Oh, for sure. I think information that is pertinent to us is always more emotionally valuable to us than just information alone. So if I'm shown, and I mean, this, I think this plays out across industries. This isn't specific to our industry, but if you're standing in front of my house and saying, here's your house, Mm -hmm. here's a storm, here's the swath of everybody that was hit by two inch hail, there's your house right in the middle of it. Let's zoom in. There you are. You got hit with two inch hail that is really powerful to me. And then you take that a step further and you can say here, while I'm looking at your house, would you like to see every storm that's ever impacted your property? <laughs> There's been 10, like here, here they are. When was, when, when was your roof replaced? And I, I've had guys tell me like, they'll go to a house and go, yeah, I don't think anything happened to our roof. I think, you know, it didn't really sound like a ton. So I think we're okay. And they go, when was your roof? When was your roof replaced? The, the house is, you know, the roof is, is, is the same roof. That, Uh, that was on it when it was built. Okay. When was your house built? 2006. Oh, okay. Well, did you know that you've had 13 events since 2006 at your house specifically? Oh no, I didn't know that. Do you think it would make sense for me to get up on the roof and and do an inspection? Yeah, probably. Okay. 13 events. Yeah. That one that that happened the other day probably didn't do a ton, but there's probably something up there that needs to be looked at or repaired or replaced. Well, I think we forget. Yes.
0: I think we forget sometimes as storm restoration contractors, we assume that the homeowner knows what they need to know. And so they walk outside and they look at their house and they go, hmm, all my shingles are there, so I'm good, right? But they're not really because of what hail does to a roof. You can't really see it from the ground. And unless you have the trained eye for it in a lot of cases, even on the roof, you can get up on the roof and go, "Yeah." all my shingles are here. I don't really see anything wrong. And you have all this damage to your house unless it's just absolutely obvious, which does happen in some cases. But I would say 90% of the cases there's damage to the roof and the homeowner doesn't even realize it.
1: I would take that a step further and say, most homeowners don't even know that their roof was hit by hail. And I will use, I'll use an example. that's very personal to me. Everybody remembers COVID 2020. um, Everybody had to go home and work from home. Um, for at least two three weeks, it didn't really matter where you were. You were at home for at least two three weeks. We had a pretty good Months. storm in my neighborhood. Yeah, well, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I think we're I think we're on like day you know one thousand and forty of uh, fourteen days to slow the spread now. Um, so whatever. Um, so we had a storm in my neighborhood. I'm at home. I'm working from home. Storm happens. I take I take uh, Trafford outside. He's looking at the hail. He's picking them up. He's like, can we save these? This is so cool. So clearly our house has got, you know, golf ball size hail. My whole neighborhood gets golf ball size hail. Well, I talk, I was out, me and some neighbors, we just were like, okay, government says we can't really be around each other. Let's just hang out in the street. You sit in your driveway, I'll sit in my driveway. We still need to talk to each other. So we just hang out. Hey, how, is your guy's roof okay from a hailstorm a few days ago? What hailstorm? You were home. You were literally home. It was during the middle of the afternoon. You guys were home. And I started asking people on my street, Hey, about this specific hail store. I just wanted to know. Nobody knew that their house had been hit by hail. That's why So I, I was like, okay, obviously this is speculation, but like I would say most homeowners probably don't even know that their hail or that their roof was hit by hail. If they didn't know while they were home, you think they're going to know if they're gone? Like I was at work and a hailstorm hit my house. I, I may not know. If I don't know, I don't know. And if you're in like Houston or San Antonio, it's really hot and the, the hail melts before you get home. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, I, it it is wild. Attack, how To me, it is wild how much we assume that the other people out there in the world know what we know. And uh, they, they just don't. Um, so, so let's sure. let's let's, um, let's track onto something. I really understands what Hell Trace does now. Um, there's been some new things that you guys have come out with over the last couple of years. Uh, one of those being the uh, certified reports. So, what what does that mean? Because I, I I really don't know. To be honest with you, like, wh- how is that different from the other report that you give us that's like in the app? So the certified report is
1: different than the one in the app uh and i guess i should back up and talk about the one in the app within the app you can order a automated report for any address that you click on and it's going to give you a pdf with every event that's ever impacted that property um but when when you talk about the weight of that report or the weight of reports in general in an argument about causation of damage um and i'm i'm going to speak to something i'm not i'm not an expert in this i just know through talking to to our clients that is part of the process is like, okay, how, okay. If we can agree that the roof is damaged, now we have to figure out now we have to agree on how, um, because hail hitting a a roof versus somebody taking a hammer up there and putting some, some dings on a roof. That's completely different conversation. Those are two completely, completely different things. Um, so those automated reports, they don't hold a lot of weight because it's just, I mean, it takes our information that we've already put in there and it just pulls it out. And it's just, It is what it is. It's an automated report. And there's not a lot of backing to it. So the certified report is done by a a meteorologist. I mean, these things are like 30-page reports. I mean, they're hours. Um, Probably takes two weeks to complete these reports. And what we found with a client of ours who's an engineer, um, who does... And these these are really geared towards more large loss commercial claims. But What he is stating (laughs) is
0: what I used this last year. Now I know what you're talking about.
1: Okay, so if if I know that it's going to take you know 12 to 18 months with an adjuster to figure out causation, and we're going to go back and forth, back and forth, it would be in my best interest as an engineer or a public adjuster or a commercial roofer to know exactly what caused this damage um so these reports help cut through that argument of causation and our customer has told us it's cut about 18 months out of his um time as he's talking through like what actually caused this thing that happened on the roof so, and we're, we're batting a thousand for those. So
0: I, I have a question. So, is there a difference between the certified reports and the forensic analysis that you got? So what's the difference? Sure. Cause I think I had the forensic analysis analysis. Some meteorologist there spent forever looking at my exact property and saying, yes, this is exactly what happened here. Now I'll tell the whole story. Cause I told everybody I was going to share this a little bit. Um, yeah whenever I bought my home, we had to get new insurance. My wife did all the research. She's amazing at that. And the most affordable thing that we could get was this company called Lighthouse. And so we got that like, great. Awesome. This is good. I think six months later, Lighthouse said, we don't insure in Texas anymore. Um, And uh, we had to go find another one. And so uh, the next one in line was Allstate. And I went, No, it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Then I thought about it for a second. I said, well, you know, this might be an interesting case study if I ever get to do it um, and share it on my podcast and kind of how this whole thing went down. And I did back um, uh, almost a year ago now uh, because the storm was on March 5th of 23. uh, I shared that it happened, but I don't know if I've shared the results of it because it was a long drawn out battle. And, And so I made my claim. Uh, the first off, I got to tell the whole story. This is kind of interesting. I'm at my house. And if you're in the storm damage restoration thing, you may know a guy named Dan Walrack. He, uh, yep. he sold $18.3 yep. million, uh, two years ago, so oh, he's, he's, million he's a
1: big teddy bear. Time.
0: Yeah. He's, he's an amazing dude. One of my best friends, I brought him into the industry 24 years ago, 25 years ago, trained him and everything. He worked for me, um, and, and, you know, he's been in the industry for a long time. So he's built up this big following. So whenever there's a storm, everything goes really good for him. But he came down to do our top rep event and, and talk about what he does and how he does it at that event and stayed overnight with me. We stayed the last night we were here and we had a hailstorm and he woke up. I woke up. It was like one fifteen in the morning and uh, we're, we're standing in the living room and we're we're looking and it's like 20 feet from the glass in my living room to the outside cover of my porch. Right. And I have stones right. of hail hitting my window seven feet up in the air on a line drive, just coming through there being f- that hard and, uh, hail there. anywhere from an inch to inch and a half. I'm like, Oh man, one of these windows is going to bust and all this stuff. Right. So, uh, I take video, take pictures, all that jazz. We go back to bed, wake up in the morning and, uh, we're like, let's take a look. And sure enough, there's hail damage. Um, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And it's all over my steel uh, building and every, everything. So uh, call, make a claim. He goes home, calls, makes claim. They come out. <laughs> what do you think they did?
1: Uh, I'm going to guess they
0: said no. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They First off, they sent a ladder assist guy. They didn't even send a real adjuster. They just sent some to do a document, okay. takes pictures.
1: Seems like that's Right out of the playbook. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's out of the playbook. And I went, "Uh yeah, I know who you are. And I I go, hey, look, I know you can't make the call, right? Nor are you supposed to say anything to me, but just between you and I, um, what do you think? Like, he goes, man, for sure, they're going to take care of this thing. And uh, it goes in, nope, doesn't take care of it. So I call him, I say, hey, look, man, I've been on my roof. I can see it with my own eyes. And I haven't told him anything about who I am. And I said, I need a re-inspect. And I don't want a ladder assist guy. I want a real adjuster that's been trained to identify damage because I'm bringing a roofer out now. And we're going to get some pictures taken. So, roofer comes out, takes his picture. Ladder assist comes out. Again, they deny it. Roofer sends in his stuff. Again, they deny it. Then I get a PA involved. And so the PA comes out and we didn't sign a contract. He's just a PA. He's doing it out of the kindness of his heart. So he writes a poll report. We send it to him, still denied. So I called Derek and I said, Hey, Derek, I understand that you have some kind of new product out there that I want to really brag about. If it's actually as good as you say it is, um, I need the report on my house. He goes, I'll take care of it. It's going to take a couple of weeks. I'm like, Cool. And this whole time they've been very like on top of it with Allstate. Within a day or two of contact, they contact me back the whole bit. So I get this report back and I see it first, right? Like they you emailed it to me, I see it first. I'm like, holy cow, this thing's like 25 pages long. And I start reading through yeah. it. And I'm like, what microburst? What's going on there? Like, yeah. and the thing from Allstate was, well, we don't have any wind reports of winds high enough to do anything. Except for eight miles away, so that that doesn't apply to you, right? And um, I went, no, that's not accurate. So the meteorologist does this whole thing, signs off on it. I believe it even says something where he's going to, he would um, uh, is willing to be um, expert on this particular thing. So I get that. And I go, okay, cool. I call him and say, hey, I've got a report you know, that I got taken care of on my house from an actual meteorologist that does this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm going to send it to you. I expect to hear something. So psh, I send it to him. Radio silent. I couldn't even get him on the phone. I tried to call him twice. Nobody would, Like they'll call me back, right? For a month. For a month. Nothing happens. I'm like, what the world is going on here? Then all of a sudden, a check shows up. Just boop, like out of the blue, like no no
1: as, call. As no, one, as one does, no call. You just send a check,
0: which had some paperwork with it, which wasn't accurate, of course. I, you know, delayed and I defend that all set of stuff. And uh, forgive me, anybody that is against this. I'm just, ex- I'm sharing my experience as a homeowner, not as somebody in this industry. So I had to go through the whole thing with my roofer, get all the pricing worked out, deck person, uh, metal building, all this stuff, get it all put together. And so literally how I feel as a policyholder is that I had to do all the work to get what was actually owed to me, paid to me, so that I could get my house repaired back to the way it was before the storm. Which seems backwards. seems like they should do all the work. that's what they signed on for. That's the contract that they have for me to indemnify me for the damages to my property. It's very frustrating and I and I and if I didn't have the knowledge I have and the context I have, where would that have gone for ninety nine percent of other homeowners? And I think that's the game that gets played out there. So to explain the difference between the certified report and this forensic report thing that I got.
1: Oh actually okay so you actually got a certified report so you okay. got the, what we call the big the big boy report so yeah. <laughs> the forensic report is is taken um our client actually calls in the the uh, the check cutter um yeah. like what check just show up <laughs> So the forensic report, it takes, it takes a date. It would, it would take your date and your address. And one of our meteorologists would go just download the radar data. They'd go through it frame by frame and say, okay, I can determine from this data that I have that 1.5 inch hail occurred at this property on say March 5th, whatever the day is. Uh, Takes them anywhere between an hour to two hours to do that report. Pretty cut and dry, but they're experts in their field. So they're looking and they, 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 are pulling information from a lot of places, a lot of a lot of data, and it, but they're saying here this is this is what happened. Um, now that's not a what would what would be considered like a court ready report. So in the the court ready world or the the expert witness um, world, there's a thing called the Daubert standard, and there's you know a laundry list of things that an expert report for any industry has to meet. So there's like fifty standards and. Forgive me if I'm wrong I'm, I'm shooting from the hip on this but there's there's a checklist of things that, that each report regardless of, of the industry has to meet the criteria for. And so what we've done is we've taken that criteria and we said okay we're going to have this report meet that criteria. And so it's different in the sense from the forensic report it takes a couple hours this report it literally does take one person you know a week to two weeks to go through and they're I mean they're going through everything. And they Pour basically their life <laughs> over a two-week period into this report to come up with a uh, determination of what what occurred at this place. And our perspective is interesting because we're at a neutral third party in a sense that we just want accurate information. If it hailed at the property, we're going to tell you. If you give us something and it didn't hail and or there wasn't severe weather at that property, we're going to tell you that too. Uh, But if if our expert in this field makes a determination, like there's a well, there's a hundred percent chance that that claim is getting paid out because at at this point we have we are are batting a thousand for you baseball fans on these reports that we've done. Um, (laughs) Pretty average, just because of the research. Yeah, I I would say that's a pretty good average. But but what we have to think about though is our credibility and can we do one we have to determine can we do this report clearly uh we thought that we could do your report and i mean clearly it worked out for you um oh well, there was a but,
0: you, you had to take a thing into consideration i kind of know my game too right so i i visually could see damage i knew what it yep. looked like before that i had visual damage to steel right so that's an obvious sure. indicator um I'm also Hague certified. I have an adjuster's license. Like I've had training for years, which most homeowners wouldn't, but whoever they have representing them, whether it be a PA, a educated contractor, or an attorney should have those eyes to go, Hey, yeah, this is either obvious or not. And if it's obvious, there's no better investment than that, than that report as far as I'm concerned. Um, There's some cost to it. I remember I was like, yeah, this is, significant it wasn't crazy for yeah. considering okay I'm gonna spend six or eight hundred dollars or whatever the number was I can't remember what it was um for a it's about a thirty five thousand dollar claim to my house it's worth every penny yeah. considering that oh, for sure my other choice is to walk away and just have the damage and be replacing my roof in two or three years anyway
1: yeah well I think I think that's an this is just my experience talking to people. I'm a homeowner too, so I, I like I understand this as well. Just from a policy holder, Pol- like a policy with an insurance company, there is a very covenantal aspect to it. Um, and like, I'm not I'm not trying to get too biblical here, but like in in you know ancient Israel and ancient like Mesopotamia, all those places, like the covenant that was made between people was very binding in a sense <laughs> that like if something happens. Even if it's not your fault, like I will, because I've agreed to this covenant, will take care of my end. And so if you look at the policy that you sign with somebody like an insurance company, I'm giving, I'm paying you every month and I'm up to date and I'm never miss a payment. And then you come out and your job, at least from my perspective, is to make me whole again, because that's what I'm paying you for. I'm paying you to insure my assets. So if something happens, you you have agreed to make me whole if something does happen in in our contract or covenant, however you want to look at it, you've agreed to that, and so it is interesting that that isn't always the case for people. And to your point, I, yeah, ninety nine percent of people would have just said, "I don't have the time or energy to go through this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna walk away and cut my losses and say, okay, I, I get better to luck next time, I guess." And that can be sad.
0: It's uh, to think about. It's the whole reason I'm willing to put this out there today and say who my insurance company was because it was my actual experience. My experience with the actual desk adjusters and everything, awful. I've had, I don't know, five or seven different ones throughout the whole entire time. Nobody knows what the one previous was doing. I mean, I can't understand how they can even effectively run their claims department without any continuity at all. It's been beyond frustrating. And so I'm sitting there going myself as a pretty what I would consider educated person on this entire process and how it goes, if that's how it went for me, what is everybody else doing? And I don't think yeah, they're well, doing think, with it.
1: And and I and to your point, where we come into the space is like sometimes we have to say no, nothing happened. And that can be a hard conversation. Uh because it's, it's fair not the, if it's nothing, the, happened, the nothing happened, nothing happened. There's yeah, there's not that's not the expected outcome. Like if, if a contract comes in saying hey, this is what I expected to happen from this and we're, we're here going, I could tell you what happened according to the data we have. And sometimes that's a, there's, there was nothing there on that date. Uh, So that stinks. But uh, if that's the case, okay, we just, we just want to be accurate and correct. And sometimes that does mean saying this didn't happen, but if it happened and we can prove it, we're going to we're going to take the steps to do that. And we're going to provide yeah, the And I would say if I got that. that
0: report back and said, Hey, nothing happened, I would have accepted responsibility for missing something that may have happened before I wasn't home or whatever. Like I just didn't know. Um, although I did get the other reports from you guys saying there were these other storms that happened at these times, but um, this was the storm that did this damage. Uh, right. I would have just accepted. I would have been like, okay, well, I can sleep easy at least. Right. Yeah. So, you did your due diligence. Those are the things that I don't think people know about Helltrace that they probably should. I mean, it's amazing. Well, a, it's, still,
1: it's still a relatively new product. We're about 170 reports in and the scalability of it is a big issue because like we don't want to take on too much. And well, I'm
0: it, thinking it, about I'm thinking about charging it to the insurance company. They made me do it.
1: Sure. Oh, okay. That's, that's fair. That, you know, that's a conversation for somebody else. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have that conversation
0: with them. Don't worry. That's
1: that's a good, I mean, that's a good point. Like, I mean, it's all, you know, I I think from a, just from a PA or an attorney standpoint, like you're going to, you've got things that you say, okay, this happened because this, so you, like, you are going to be responsible for this line item. Uh, Surely that's within the realm of, of uh, possibilities there.
0: Oh, I was fully prepared to take all the next steps. I I thought they would still Keep me from uh, being wholly taken care of. Um, and I happen to know an attorney or two in this industry as well. So, so might, been a, just, been a, just one or two. Just one or two. Um, but most homeowners don't. And that's the sad thing is like they just don't know what the next steps are. They're not educated. And I believe that's our responsibility as contractors not to be their attorney, not to be their PA, but to be their educator to go, hey, these are your next steps and this is what you might need to do. Now, When when it comes to your clients and and they're dealing with things like that, do you guys help them with any of that as well? Like do you connect them to to good people doing the right thing uh, in those arenas?
1: In some cases, uh, we have made some connections, but typically the way, and I can't speak to how everybody at Helltrace does this, but typically in my experience, I will give them people that I, one, have a personal relationship with, two, I know do good work, um, and three, I'm going to give them multiple sources. Like I'll, you know, let's take uh supplementing for, for example. Um, I'll get, you know, I'll give uh, um, Greg uh, Merhalter. Um, I'll give Jonah story down in Florida. And then I'll give balance claims. Hey, any of these three people, depending on what you're actually trying to accomplish are going to be good people to talk to They all kind of do specialize in different things, but those three entities are a great bet for you. Uh, but <laughs> I found with as many people as I know, if I am just going, here's the guy. Use this guy. Um, eventually, somebody's going to go, "Hey, why didn't you recommend me?" And you know, <laughs> yeah, like, I have like two the or roof, three resources, roofing, resources
0: on each one too. Like I, I, the,
1: the roofing, I, the roofing contractor is the worst. Like, why didn't you recommend me to be your be, to be the roofer? So I just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm roofing 40, contractor, I'll give, you <laughs> I'll give you ten. I'll well, give you ten.
0: I got that. I got that from, uh, because when my house got hit, uh, my house got hit two years ago, right? Or three years ago now. And I self-inspected, went, "Mm, no damage. Nothing happened to it. I had one hail hit on the whole thing. I'm not going to go through the rigmarole for that. Uh, And nobody knocked on my door the entire time. Like for months, nobody ever. So this storm happens on March 5th. Again, nobody knocks on my door. At all for, for a my I don't know, probably three months. And finally somebody knocked on my door and I was so happy. I was like, my my wife called me. She goes, they're here. They're knocking on the door. And she's like, she's at the house and I'm here at the <laughs> office. I was so happy. You know why I was so happy? Was that? It was one of my clients. Oh, but, nice. That was so cool to see. I'll shout them out. I'll shout them out. Rhino roofers out of San Antonio, Texas. Because I have people yeah. who are like, why didn't you tell me your house got hit by hell? Because I'm waiting for you to do what we've coached you to do. Like to go out and, and approach us, right? And so... Yeah, that's um, the old
1: teach men to fish versus giving them a fish. Yeah, nobody, nobody can get mad at me yeah, over that said. one.
0: It's like, hey, yeah. the first one to the door. I've told people before that nobody's knocked on my door and still nobody's on my door. Um, and it's a hard neighborhood to knock. Don't get me wrong. Our houses are two to five acres. So you're not going to go walking through that neighborhood. You're going to drive a truck <laughs> up into people's driveways and stuff. And he did. And, uh, he took the chance and got the business and I can't wait for them to do the work. Um, th- this industry, I love what you guys do because you give the contractor and the consumer validation for what happened to their home. Um, we, either way, whether it, something happened or something yeah. didn't, at least there's this third party out there going, yeah, it's not just this battle between a contractor and an insurance company. If I was a homeowner listening to this, and this would be something I might send my homeowners to listen to, is I would yeah. be looking for that company that has this third party out there saying, yeah, l- sure. I have proof. It's right here. It's not just my mouth talking to you. I think that's a, yeah. a massive thing that gives validity to what you guys do.
1: Well. Two, we also like I would argue that like insurance companies should want to use a service like ours because accuracy is super important important to us. We have a bunch of scientists that work for us. And so understanding where, like, if if I if I know my clients as an insurance company were impacted by the storm, but I also know which ones weren't, that's gonna help me like navigate this whole cat event, if, if it's a cat event, it's going to help me navigate this whole thing and be more precise with what I'm determining I'm, might happen and then figuring out what I actually need to, to pay out and what I actually need to do here and there. So like from an accuracy standpoint, like we fit in to the whole scope because it really is just did it hail or not? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a yes or no question. So uh, from, from what I said earlier, like a neutral third party that really we we are just we are just fine telling people hey didn't hail on that day sorry I, your house didn't have hail on that specific day i can't we can't help you um, yeah. or i can't put together a report that says it did
0: <laughs> we can't make it happen it just either did or didn't hey matt um yeah. this has been an awesome conversation i hope people have learned a little bit more about what hail trace does if you're out there and you're listening to this and you haven't gotten involved with hail trace you need to get a hold of matt grassmer the dude genuinely wants to help you. He's a good human being as much as he is a good advocate for um, Helltrace. Uh, Matt, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Um, I mean, I think I'm on I'm on social media, Facebook. Um, I mean, cell phone is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. To Share um, it with us. Come on, put uh, it out there. Put it out there on the podcast. 405-531-2662. And I'll say this, if they... Uh, if they come to me and they said, Hey, I heard about you from Jim Johnson, I'll give them the Jim Johnson discount 10% off an annual plan wow. that, like no question, no questions asked. I know Jim Johnson, we'll, we'll give them, we'll give them the Jim Johnson discount. Uh, well, so.
0: I said, I have two or three people that I send and you know, whatever, right. Not when it comes to this, I send everybody to Hell trace. Um, I believe in what well, you guys do. That. Uh, there's a few others out there like Company Cam. I send everybody to Company Cam. I send everybody to Hail Trace. Uh, I send everybody to Real Voice and Engage and those type of things. It's just I believe in what you guys do, and I believe you have the best product, and I believe you have the best service, um, and they get I what you that. pay for. I think so. I think. Uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. So um, there I am. I'm putting my name out there as a true believer in Hail Trace, not just because I'm friends with them. Uh, I got a report. I had the experience myself. I coach people to it all the time. If you're not using hail trace and you think, "Hey, man, I know where the hell is. I don't need that stuff," you can be so much more optimized and effective if you have it. It more than pays for itself. Usually in the first day or two after a storm. So it's it's a no brainer, and that's 100%. why I, I, yeah. I that's why I'm so much on board. It's kind of like a company camp, no brainer. Like, why in the world would I oh, not okay. have it? yeah, paper.
1: company camp it uh, completely completely biased because I work for Hail Trace. But if somebody were to say what's the one app, if you could only pick one, what's the one app you should get as a contractor? I always say Company Cam. That's yep. not in my that's not in my best interest either. Like but company cam is it's the real deal. That, that that's a legit app that everybody needs to use.
0: Yeah. Um, so shout out not.
1: to Company Cam. You guys want to send me some stuff I'm I'm open. Yeah you so guys so know no, my address. No, no we got send we it got. To me.
0: We got Health, we got Company Cam, and we got Rilla, Engage. Uh, who am I missing? Somebody I'm missing out there. Um, and, and Rhino Roofers, we got all of them in this podcast. Uh, everybody should strive to be like Rhino Roofers if they oh, can.
1: Engage, engage, yes, engage. Like if you get engaged, like you get a free Chuck Chuck Toki uh, slideshow.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> you, you you get that with your plan. That's insane. Like, why wouldn't you use that?
0: Yeah, it's the tools and technology that are out there. When you put them together in the right order and at the right time, um, you can just be killer in this industry. And a real pro. Like, that's what I'm looking for on my home. Um, My wife went through the experience with the roofer. I wasn't able to be there because it would happen, like, while I was at work. And she said he was Johnny on the spot. He knew exactly all the stuff. He used all the things. He just did it right. Uh, I'm like, that's so cool to hear because she knows the whole process, too.
1: moment. Yeah. That's a proud moment for you. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: I'm like super excited. Like they're doing what what we, uh, what we coach. So we always, we always hope that
1: they do I love,
0: The more they I do love, the better they that. do. It seems like, Hey Matt, it's been an awesome conversation with you. Um, I look forward to seeing what you accomplish uh, for the outside uh, sales part of what Helltrace does, because I, I agree with you. I think 80% of the contractors out there, don't even know you exist, and if they do, they haven't ever pulled the trigger because they're just waiting on somebody to call them. It's like, like, oh yeah, man, I've kind of been thinking about it, but I never, you know, I've just got busy, right? And I bet you get that one. Hey, I got busy and I kind of forgot oh, about. It. Thanks for calling.
1: That happens all the time. Perfect. I'm like, well, great.
0: <laughs> Let's go. So uh, if you don't call him, I'm going to put all of his contact information in the show notes and how to get a hold of him. I'll put his email and everything in there as well. But if you don't call him, and he calls you, take the call. It's worth it. Matt, thanks for being on there.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate you again. Thanks for, I'm so honored to be second time on the show. I love it. Oh, you know, a I was two-timer. talking to you. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm a two-timer. So.
0: Uh, I can't wait till I have people join the five-time club. It'll be a little bit like Saturday Night Live. Ooh. We'll see <laughs> you yeah, we'll nice. guys like smoking jackets or something. So. <laughs>
1: uh, love it.
0: All right, man. It. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. That was Matt Grassmeyer with Hail Trace. Uh, he gave a cell number there at the end. We'll get that in the show notes. Uh, my team is really good about doing that. Uh, we'll get his uh, email address in there as well. But seriously, if if you do any kind of roofing work in an area that might get storm damage, whether that be hail, hurricane, tornado, wind, those type of things. Um, Helltrace is your resource to optimize each one of those opportunities. And I would not pass it by if I was you. And if you're looking for one person in particular to work with you, I don't know anybody over there at Helltrace other than maybe Derek who owns it that cares more about the success of Helltrace than Matt Grassmire and the success of you as the contractor. And he takes that seriously. It's why I had him on the show. He is a good human being that... He is there to serve you and see you do well first. And if you want to be his client, that'd be great. And the reason I like that so much, because that's kind of the way we are too. That's what we're all about. How can we serve you well? And if it fit great, if not, at least we served you well. Go check us out at Contractor Coach Pro. We help contractors lead their businesses better so they can grow and scale them so they can achieve those personal and financial dreams and the freedom they were looking for whenever they started their business. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Contractor Radio, and we'll catch you on the next one. Oh, you're still here? Well, you must have thought it was great. Make sure to like and subscribe to Contractor Radio and never miss an episode because we're here to help you get better at what you do.